right, Degenerates, we're here once again to give you your second segment of Would You Rather. You're welcome. I am your redraft degenerate, Brian Moran, joined as always by your DFS degenerate, the commissioner himself, Mr. Eric DeFusco, and the dynasty degenerate, Mr. Steven Sampson. How you doing tonight, Steve? Good, Brian. What's up, degenerates? Have you fucking mocked today? If the answer is no, you should be doing it while you're listening to this episode. Get your mocks in. I guess I've been a bad boy. Uh, Eric, what the fuck, bro? Get those mocks in. Or do better yet, get a real draft in. There's still time. Yeah. yeah How are you time. guys doing? Actually, that um, I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Uh, that the charity league, the Tree Fitty Charity League. Yep. Actually, they, them guys are itching to draft. They want to draft real soon. So I would not be surprised if we're drafting by the this time next week. Yeah. Same vote for us. We uh, we have one individual who's getting married this weekend today, actually. So. Um, we're Congrats. pushing ours off till he gets back. Yeah. Congrats, Thoud. Uh, sorry your life is over, but uh, <laughs> congratulations all the same. When my uh, when my buddy Rick got married, uh, he actually records all the music for the show and helps us out quite a bit. And uh, when he got married, I gave him uh, a sympathy card for his wedding gift that uh, I, I wrote a farewell to his manhood. <laughs> yeah. No, that's about farewell, it. Farewell, kid. <laughs> and, and then I went and took the same plunge. So who's the who's the ass? Yeah. So first, before we get into Would You Rather, we're going to have to hit a little mailbag. The mailbag. We love getting these questions from the listeners. Thank you so much, Scott, who says, Hey, degenerates, rank these running backs. Who do you think has the highest ceiling? Who would worry you the most if you had to rely on starting them weekly? Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, Damian Harris. Thanks, boys. Love, Schmitty. He did not say love. I added it because I thought it was funny. But <laughs> I mean, uh, Steve, I'll let you lead off. I mean, those three guys, Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, Damian Harris, who has the highest ceiling? And who do you who would stress you out the most to put in your starting lineup every week? Mike Davis has the highest ceiling, and Damian Harris would stress me out to start just because he's a what? basic running back. Oh, my God. I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, Davis is the only guy in that backfield, and they're going to use him. He's good in a passing game. Damian Harris is going to share with the broken knees of Sony Michelle, J.J. Taylor, um, Ramondi Baby Stevenson. Blount. Baby Blount, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, who knows? James White's still there to take a decent amount of the passing work, so... And as long as Cam's there throwing the ball at all their feet and stealing their rushing attempts at the goal line, Damian Harris, I it terrifies me to have to start him until things straighten out there. And I think the safest one, middle of the road, is Gaskin. I have to agree with Steve, honestly. He echoed exactly the way I would have it. I would have Mike Davis first, followed by Gaskin, and then followed by Harris, with Davis probably having, I think, highest ceiling but the probably could finish the have the best potential finish out of the three and Harris would concern me just because we know how New England is man they love them committee backfields I think Harris is the clear cut locked and loaded number one in that um committee but he has no especially where we mostly play PPR leagues he literally has no receiving upside 
at all. And and that 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 alone, at least Gaskin can catch some balls. Mike Davis is going to catch a lot more balls than people realize, I think. And that alone, like it's not even close. No, I, I can kind of get on board with what you're sniffing at here. Um, you're right; he doesn't catch a lot of balls. That's true. Uh, I think there's room to grow there. I'm hoping he catches more balls this year, but it would not be hard to improve on five. So I get your point. So I believe with Harris that the receiving skill set is there. Oh, absolutely. It was there in college. Right. It's just James White. When he was potentially leaving, I was extremely excited for him. Now I'm tempered until that shakes out. But I do think that the skill set is there. So my only thing is I think they're going to replace Mike Davis somehow, some way, at some point. I Not just, this year. Not this year. I think so. I think no. so. Yep. With who? What? Some, fucking scrub, you, some fucking scrub you never heard of, dude. We see running backs come out of the woodwork all the fucking time. Some backup ends up being the starter. You see him go out there and play, and he's actually pretty good. And I, I just I don't believe in Mike Davis. I don't believe in Mike Davis. You can find running backs on the street. They're not that hard to find. So behind Mike Davis is Corderell Patterson, which we all know will never yep. happen. And then Quadre Smith's Allison. not signed. Quadre Allison's a bum. He played last year a little bit. He, he's not talented. And then Javion Hawkins. So maybe it's Hawkins, but that won't happen till midseason. If, mm-hmm. if it happens, I don't expect it but to. I, I think I, he does get replaced, but I don't think it's till next year. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Javion Hawkins, too, but he's just, he's not. He cannot command a huge workload. No, he's not a workload. No, he's too he small. Can't. He's not a yeah. work. Yeah, he's not a work. So even if he does get some play, I still think Mike Davis is going to get his as well. And it could affect the passing game work for Davis. I don't ignore that, but it's yeah. not going to be enough, I think, to completely cripple Davis. But if that does happen, then Davis is obviously his value is going to tank. And as far mm-hmm. as having the highest ceiling. I'd probably shift the Gaskin in that regard, but I, I just I don't think it's going to be that. I don't think Javion Hawkins is going to take on that significant of a role to really eke into Mike Davis. So I mean, my answer to the question is who I think has the highest ceiling. I would probably say Miles Gaskin, and the person that would stress me out the most is Mike Davis, and I think Damian Harris is kind of a safe middle ground. I think he's going to get more work than people think. I mean, like, yes, the Patriots love their committees. Yes, that has been true for a long, long, long time. Who is the most talented running back the Patriots have had on their roster in the last 15 years? What, Stephen Ridley? Like, they've had nobody. They've had bums, scrubs. They draft Sony Michelle in the first round, and he fucking blows. I, I mean, really, who has been the best running back in the last 15 years? The answer is probably Damian Harris. So I think he might get more work than we're used to see. Who's better than Damian Harris? I don't know. Was was it 15 years ago that Corey Davis was uh, Corey Davis? Corey Dillon was there. Yes, that was oh three oh four. Okay, so I specifically left him out for a reason. No, no, I I, I know it's close. Um, like but, me last I mean, week with Antonio Brown as an option, I specifically left him out for a reason because I knew we'd all pick him. You know, you can. I mean, you could shit on Blunt, but he did well here. He did okay. I mean, but he's not. Let's not pretend he's a talented running back. He's okay. Like he, well, he's good enough. I mean, he was pretty decent. So 
Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty it, decent. Yeah. Until until Harris goes out and shows that he's better. I think he is. I th- I do believe the talent is there, but until it, until it's been shown and he can take over that backfield, I'm not going to change my opinion that Bill's running the committee. So I, I think that the committee was a little larger last year because it was Damian Harris's first year, you know, playing and didn't mm-hmm. really know the offense particularly well. They wanted to give Sony Michelle one last shot. We saw how that went, and no, and Burkhead's gone, and that that takes another. Uh, another body off the line right uh so i just i think damian harris is in for a bigger workload than we're used to seeing out of the patriots do i think he's getting 80 percent? no not even close but i think 60 is not out of the realm of possibility and what is 60 percent of the patriots offense worth yet to be seen i mean if cam newton's the quarterback you're probably still in trouble but i i think he's going to get enough workload to be a semi-consistent flex play. I, I think that's. So. I think it's a ceiling, but <laughs> um, you know, as, I mean, a, as a Patriots fan and an owner of Harris in a lot of places, I hope so. Yeah, because because I believe in the talent. Um, I'm just I, I'm tempering expectations until I'm proven otherwise. Yeah, and uh, you know, as far as Miles Gaskin goes, I'm not even that confident starting him because I think Malcolm Brown is pretty much the same guy. Maybe even a little more talented than Gaskin. It's like he was kind of the benefit of workload. And if he ends up splitting 50-50 with Malcolm Brown, Gaskin could end up being fucking rubbish. Mm-hmm. So there is that too. But Yep, agreed. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super duper high on Gaskin. I, I like Gaskin, but I don't like love him, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he's a pretty decent value in drafts right now. Um, he's probably a really good target if you're going like you know late round, late late RB. Maybe you yeah. want to stack up some you know double double picks, some top tier wide receivers. You want to go Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, or something, or Calvin Ridley to start your draft. Like he's the kind of guy you want to target because he could have a role to himself. But like you said, Malcolm Brown is there, and that team has been talking highly about him, so he might have more of a role than people realize. Yeah, no, they're going to catch on real soon. Right right yeah. now, everybody's considering Miles Gaskin the guy because he was there last year, and they're just kind of forgetting about Malcolm Brown. That's going to change when training camp starts and you start to get the hype train going. Uh, I think that pretty much sums up the question. I think we answered it to the best of our abilities. Even had a small debate, little d, lowercase d, debate, and uh, that's going to bring us directly into Would You Rather, which will hopefully create bigger debates. Would you rather? Take it away, E-Rock. All right, so we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. I'm going to do a quick little just rundown on what we're doing here in case somebody didn't listen last week, which if you didn't listen last week, How dare go, they? Check out, go check out last week's episode and then come back to this because we have part one on that episode. So basically what I'm doing is I'm asking Brian and Steve, which player would you rather have between the two or more? Because there is actually one option where we have three players. Uh, they're They're... All teammates, they all play the same position. I will give their ADP and their ECR ranking, which I got courtesy of Fantasy Pros. The ADP data is courtesy of Sleeper. I will say, would you rather have player A or player B? And they tell me who they'd rather have, and they give me their reason, and then I also give my answer. Pretty straightforward. So we're gonna Love kick it. right. We're gonna kick right off. We're gonna get right into it. Part two. Would you rather have Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel? 
Brandon Ayuk, ECR wide receiver number 26. He has an ADP of the 606, which is 66th overall. That's a lot of sixes. Or <laughs> And Debo Samuel is ECR wide receiver number 35. ADP of 908, 104 overall, literally a three-round difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, I'll go to you first. Who would you rather have? Debo Samuel. I think they're pretty much the same guy, and I'll take the three-round discount. I think they're going to split targets even. I think they're going to split shares even. There's really no other wide receivers on that team to speak of. I mean, what are they going to run one wide receiver sets? Like, they're both going to be on the field 100% of the time. So I'll, I'll take Debo three rounds later. And obviously, the injury history is a huge concern. But for a three-round discount, I'll take my chances. Yeah, I would have to agree with Brian. I would take the discount on Debo. All right, so uh, this is a tough one for me. I really do like Ayuk, but I love seeing that three-round discount. But I got to be honest, like Debo Samuel is just a guy I just I just want to avoid, man. Um, so for the sake because of, the, question, of the injuries or the injury history, man, hamstring strain last year, it's cost him six games, shoulder sprain in nineteen, groin strain in nineteen, and I believe if you go back to his college days, he had some injury trouble there too. He just can't stay on the field, man. He's great mm-hmm. when he plays. He's a fantastic after the catch receiver. When you get the ball in his hands, he's he's a, he's electric. electric, man. He's got some amazing burst. It, it's it's he can't stay on the field. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I mean, like his, to, his rookie season, he he played fifteen games. He did his rookie season, and he yeah. did well. And then he he his ADP reflected on that last year, and unfortunately, he was banged up for most of it, and yeah. never really got going. So that's kind of the reason I'm targeting Debo this year is because last year you had to pay for him. This year, I feel like I'm getting him at the discount, and you know everybody else is baking in his injury history, and I, I, I don't like to, you know, I used to be a big injury guy a few years ago. That was kind of my big thing. I, I don't take injury guys. Now, I try not to project injuries, and that's why Debo has actually become a target of mine, because he's such a steal where he's going. If he plays 16 games, even 15, 14, 13 games, he's worth every bit of that draft equity. So I'm targeting Debo, and I, I get what you're saying about Ayuk. He's a talented player, too. I just I think they're pretty much the same guy. I don't see a lot of difference watching them on the field. So if they're going to play... Thing, yeah, go ahead. Well, my thing with Ayuk is where he's going at 606, I can take any of the three next guys that we're going to talk about at that spot and feel like I've gotten a pretty decent value. Whereas I think I'm up, I'm spending way up on Ayuk, so I'd rather take the same guy three rounds later. Now, if Ayuk falls to the middle or end of the seventh, closer to the end, I'll take him at, at the end of the seventh or in the eighth round over Debo. But mid to early six, that's too high. And he's climbing. And he right, which I don't like. I don't like at all. I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a Ayuk believer, so for the sake of this question, I'm going to side with Brandon Ayuk. But I don't like the way his ADP is creeping up. I'm going to say that now. I like Ayuk. I like Ayuk. I like his potential and his ceiling. I think he is a really good player on the rise. I think, and I'm going to say this now. I think he might be a better dynasty option and yeah. redraft this year. I think he might still be a little bit of a, a little ways away. Maybe another year. Mm-hmm away from maybe hitting his ceiling. If he, like Steve said, if his ADP can drop a little more, like I'm okay with him in the sixth. 
I haven't looked. I would have to look to see who else is going around them to see if I'd prefer them over him. But so, if he gets uh, any higher, going after, I don't know, man. Going after Ayuk is T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Jamar Chase, Juju, and Odell. Those are the next few wide receivers that go mm-hmm. after him. Right. And, like, I just, I actually just got Ayuk in the startup that I'm doing in the eighth round. And I'm, at 8-1, I'm perfectly happy with him right there. Like I said, end of the seventh, I probably would, would jump on him as well. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was all over him. I was loving him. I have tempered my expectations a little bit because I did a little bit more research and kind of just let everything settle. And I kind of realized that, you know, George Kittle's going to be there. Debo's going to be there. Ayuk, this isn't a high pass volume offense. Like maybe his, it, I don't think he's quite, like I said, I don't think the, the situation is there quite yet for him to hit, you know, top 12 receiver potential. So, I mean, it's not too many miles to feed. It's not high pass volume, but it is high pass efficiency. And we've seen what that can do for guys like AJ Brown. So I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't hate your logic. I just, you know, let me, I I know this is your segment. I'm kind of taking it over. Let me do it. Brandon Ayuk or T Higgins. They're back to back. Tell me which one you want. T Higgins. Same. Okay. I think we have our answers. On to the next one, boys. There's a few of them other guys behind them. I would take Ayuk over, though, but we'll move We'll move on to 10. Okay, so number 10. Here we go. This is the one with three players, and you guys probably know right where I'm going with this one. Would you rather have Deontay Johnson or Juju Smith-Schuster or Chase Claypool? Deontay Johnson, ECR wide receiver number 20, ADP 607, 67th overall. Juju Smith-Schuster is ECR wide receiver number 27, ADP of 604. So he's actually going in front of Deontay, 64th overall. Chase Claypool, wide receiver, ECR wide receiver number 31, ADP 706, 78th overall. So he is the discount of the trio. Yeah. Um, Steven, I know you like Deontay Johnson, so I will refer to you first. Who would you rather have? So I would actually rather have Deontay Johnson. Uh, it's for redraft. Um, it gets a lot cloudier if I'm looking the other way. But I, the targets are there with all three of them on the field last year. I think he makes better use of them and catches more targets this year. So I, I think middle of the sixth, the, the value you're getting there for a guy that's going to get 130 targets potentially is pretty good. To be honest, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, offend anybody. But I think that's, I think that's a seriously lazy take. Just the targets are there. The targets are there. That's all you hear about with these fantasy schmucks. The targets are there. So are the drops. Like mm-hmm. somebody has to tell me why I why they think he's going to stop dropping the ball. He was 79th last year in catch in catch rate. I'm sorry, but no, fucking no. In order, I will take Juju, Chase Claypool, then Deontay Johnson. Even though Juju's going first, first, I will take him all day and night over Deontay Johnson, especially where it's only a few pick discount. Chase Claypool is leaps and bounds above Deontay Johnson in my mind. He's not going to get better. He's just going to keep dropping the ball. His hands are so brittle that if he tried to curl his fingers around that ball, they would break. I'm convinced of it. I want nothing to do with Deontay Johnson. 
Like, yeah, he had a halfway decent year last year, but we saw what the Steelers became at the end of the year, right? Like, they were Cinderella wearing their slipper to start the year, and we saw it just go off the fucking rails and end up in a train crash. I'm all set with it. If I'm taking any of them, it's Juju. Maybe I'll take the gamble on Chase later, but Juju is... It's pretty much Juju a bust, more or less. This is one of the trickier ones for me. It's between two guys for me, and it ain't fucking Juju Smith-Schuster, I can tell you that. You're wrong. Um, nah, Juju's... Juju... I've actually done a lot of digging on Juju. He's he's not that good. He's a horrible separator. He's terrible against man. He's terrible against zone. Like, he's just... Yeah, so he's Kenny not Gallaudet. as good as. Yeah, but they're also Kenny Galladay is what six four. Yeah, Juju six one. That's a big difference for a wide receiver. No, it is. It is, and that's yeah. why Juju is uh, a fourth round pick, and I'm sorry, what what was it? A sixth round pick, and Kenny Galladay is a third round pick. Mm-hmm. And where does Juju excel? He's a, a PPR monster. He's a he's a slot guy. He is not good outside. He's horrible outside. We've already seen that. I bought him yeah. when he fucking moved outside. He sucks. And he doesn't have to play outside anymore. He caught 97 balls last year. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen again. For a lot of reasons cuz one I think that team's shifting more towards they're going to the the run pass splits are going to shift more balanced. I I believe. But that could they're lead to be more efficiency. Happy. They're not going to be as pass happy. I'm not chasing efficiency, Brian. Especially from a fucking for a receiver. I'm, if I'm going to chase a guy here, it's Deontay Johnson, because he was the most targeted wide receiver of the trio, and his ADP is not that bad right now. What do he do with him? For his sixth round. He still had a 61% catch rate. I yeah, mean, which... If Juju a guy had a 75%, and, and That was number 56%. 79 in the league. Yeah, I'm, with 140 targets almost, I'm fine with that. And he missed with, time. With, with a, and he missed time, and he had a quarterback who had a, a surgery on his fucking elbow. Who so, led the league in drops? Deontay Johnson. Well, I'm all set. I'm good. I'm all set. That's, and that's fine. But I'm going to take the chance on the guy that's going to get 140 targets. If a guy's getting that many, if a guy's getting 140 targets, what does that tell you? That he's getting open. That he's open. He's getting open. Yeah. So he's getting open. He's getting targeted. I'm sorry. What the fuck difference does it make if he drops the ball? If you look at drops, they fluctuate. That doesn't mean he's going to continue to drop, 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 drop balls. I mean, right. hopefully... He's gonna. He's probably gonna drop a few balls. It looks like he does have some stone hands at times, but I'm just. I'm gonna chase. I'm gonna chase the targets, and he is the clear target leader in this offense. Like I said, I, I'm not trying to offend anybody. It's just I just. I think that's a. I think that's. It's. It's very small minded to just say, "Oh, I'm gonna look at the targets, and whoever got the most targets, that's who I want." And I get it. Like the targets are there. Usually, targets are a very good sign. But if he's not catching them. It doesn't make a difference to me. It just doesn't. I just, to me, it's juju or bust. That's all I'm taking. Uh, I mean, like I said, if you guys believe in Deontay, more power to you. I could be wrong. There's no question about it. I 100% could be wrong. But until he shows it to me, I don't want Deontay Johnson. We're all going to be wrong on guys. Oh, absolutely. We're going to be right on guys. On on top of Deontay Johnson having stone hands, I think you're about to see a bad Ben Roethlisberger. So that is very I'll take much the, in play. I'll, I'll very take the slot guy playing closer to the line than Deontay Johnson on the outside. Personally, yeah. if we're talking dynasty, I would be on board with you and take Juju just because of the potential where he goes next year. But for redraft this year, I'm taking Johnson. That's mm-hmm. that's all. Yeah, I Johnson's understand my- your point with, with Juju, but I would rather take the chance on the extra targets. 
So, all right. So Brian is on Team Juju. Steve is on Team Deontay. I am also on Team Deontay. And Who would you guys take I second? Would... Claypool. Juju. I'd take Juju second. You have Juju third? I would take Claypool. I have Juju third. Wow. I'm not the a believer. Wi- the wide receiver was 17 Juju, last year. I don't care about last year. Well, you care about Deontay's last year. I do. I care about the <laughs> targets. And I know Juju had 128 targets as well. He did. I just, I don't believe in Juju. I mean, really, Deontay Johnson, I mean, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's had one bad year. It just happened to be the year that you drafted him high, and like you're just never going to forgive him. <laughs> no. And that's the thing with us. You get your, you get your opinion about a guy, and it, you just it's hard to change it. It happens it all is. the time. There's just there's like certain a first guys impression. you're in on, and certain guys you're out on. And Juju's just one of them guys. I just look at his name Absolutely. and I punch him in the face. <laughs> It is. You know, you're so right, though. It's like it's like a first impression. If you draft a guy up high and he fucks you, you're never gonna draft him again, no matter the yeah. discount. Like, yeah, I, I get you. I feel you because there's there's guys that I'm the same way. It's just yeah, I get you. It's tough. It's tough to get over. Claypool's interesting, and like, if his ADP is decent, I'm willing to take a shot on him too. I've warmed up to him a little bit. Not, I don't love him, but I don't love him as a PPR guy. But I think there's a lot of touchdown upside with Claypool. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we're going to move on. Man, we spent some time on that one. Yeah. <laughs> number 11. We still got one, two, three. Still got six of these to get through. Holy shit. So number 11, would you rather have Chase Edmonds or James Conner? Chase Edmonds is ECR running back 26, ADP 704, 76th overall. And James Conner is ECR running back 37, ADP is 712, 84th overall. Mm-hmm. Both going in the same round. It's more of a preference here than I guess you say, which guy do you believe in more? Uh, Brian, I will go to you. Same with Steve last night. Brian, who would you rather have? No discount. I'm taking Chase Edmonds. I think there's a chance he leads that backfield. Uh, There's pretty much an equal chance that it's James Conner. But let's be honest, guys. What are the chances James Conner gets through healthy, right? So... Like I said, I don't like to predict injuries, but there's some cases where you just go, hmm, he has to show me he can stay healthy. James Conner never has. So I will take Chase Edmonds because if he doesn't start the year as the number one, he'll probably finish the year as the number one. Steven? I would like to say James Conner, but I know that he's not going to hold up to the entire year. So I, I would probably have to also take Chase Edmonds. Yeah, it, it's a travesty because I think James Conner is more talented. Yes, the talent is there, um, but unfortunately, I think that the difficulties that he has with with health are from his medical history, and I think it's a challenge for him that I don't think he'll ever be able to stay through 16 games and now 17 games. Uh, I just don't think his body will hold up to it, so... If they use him decent, maybe, but. So let me ask you, Steve, because this is kind of in my mind. What if there was a round and a half discount on James Conner? Who would you take? If I could take James Conner at the end of the eighth, middle of the ninth, I would take James Conner. Same. But where you're paying the same price, I got to I got to take Chase. Yeah, I'm going to take the younger guy with with the guy that's been in the offense. He's a little bit younger. He doesn't have the injury history. Uh, I'm going to go that route. And the most important part in my eyes is that 
Chase Edmonds, if there's going to be receiving work for a running back in this backfield, it's going to go to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like Chase Edmonds has actually been pretty well in that department. I am very concerned about Rondell Moore getting drafted there in the second round now that I wonder if some of the receiving work that he did receive is going to shift to him. But I mean, with like you guys have said, like I'm just going to echo you. I'm going to lean to Chase as well. They're so close and similar in ADP. It's like you're not really getting a discount on Connor. Seventh round pick, and if you really wanted one of these guys, you're just going to fucking pick your guy, and ADP is telling you that he's not going to get back to you in the eighth. So for that, I'll take the guy who I think has a higher uh, reception upside between <laughs> the two, and that is Chase Edmonds. And like Around she said, he's, he's been on that team. He knows that offense. This is uh, his second or third year. He's third going into year. his third year under uh, Kingsbury and with Kyler. Yeah. So he will have a little bit more chemistry. I, I still think James Conner is a little sneaky, but when I when I when I looked at the ADP data, I was kind of surprised. I thought they were going to have a little bit more of a gap than that. Mm. I think it's just because people think of Chase Edmonds as a backup. So you have the people like us that look at the situation and say Chase, and then you have the you know the the no disrespect, but the quote unquote amateurs that see James Conner's name and go, oh, James Conner. And it's kind of averaging out for them to be the same when we really know they shouldn't be. That's why Odell will always have a somewhat. He, Odell will always be. I know we're bringing him up again. You were pissed. But uh, just off a of <laughs> no, name no, no, value, like people see Odell Beckham Jr. And they're like, oh, you know, the, the amateurs. And yeah. his ADP is always going to be a little higher than it probably should. Just off of that alone. That was kind of just that one catch made his whole but, career. Yeah. <laughs> So I think we can move on to the next one. Round of Chase. Not Jamar Chase. Chase Edmonds. Mm -hmm. So numbers. If you want to hear about Jamar Chase debate, go listen to last week's episode. Um, listen to part one. Part one. Number 12. Would you rather have Raheem Mostert or Trey Sermon? Raheem Mostert is an ECR. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me try again. I just make it look easy. Raheem Mostert. Has... <laughs> Sorry. Raheem Mo... I... That's all right. Eventually, I'll get this right. Raheem Mostert, ECR running back, number 28. He has an ADP of 702, which is the 72nd overall pick. Or Trey Sermon, who is ECR running back, number 40. ADP of 1002, 110 overall. Steve, who would you rather have? This This is a tough question because... I would rather have Trey Sermon going in the 10th round. However, if I went wide receiver heavy, quarterback early, or tight end early, and I'm light on running back, I almost have to take Moster in the 7th because you're out of starting running backs at that point. And I know he's going to get hurt. You can't predict injury except in San Francisco where everybody's going to be hurt at some point during the season. And that's what makes it so difficult to pass up on waiting for Sermon. But I think because he's a rookie and counting on the fact that he's going to be there in the tent is tough because people are going to grab him a lot earlier than what his ADP is actually going to be. And I think that's also going to climb. So I, I don't know that I want to take the chance that he's going to get the starting job earlier in the season. Or midseason, because if he's going to take it at midseason, I, I think the seventh round is a little high. 
yeah, I think I'm pretty clear on the record that I think Trey Sermon's going to win that job outright. So even if Trey Sermon was going ahead of Raheem Mostert, I would take Trey Sermon. Yeah, I mean, with the three-round discount, man, give me fucking Trey Sermon. Mostert has been great, and he's been pretty good in the opportunity he's been given. But just like, uh, what's his damn name there, Debo Samuel, he's another one. He cannot stay on the field, dude. He, I mean, he just was, it was like he'd come back last year, new injury. It was insane. I'm like, this guy just cannot stay healthy, man. He's he's like, he's almost 30 years old. I think he's older than people realize. Mm-hmm. So he had an MCL sprain last year, a knee sprain in 2019, arm fracture, 2018, shoulder strain, 17, hamstring strain, and 16. Every year he's had some kind of an injury that has cost him to, uh, no, not always miss games. I'm sorry. How many games did he play last year? I feel like it wasn't many. Last year he played eight ex- games. Yeah, it was according, eight. according to player profile, let me look like he missed two games, and I'm like, no, he missed more than no. that. Yeah. No, he played. <laughs> yeah. He played in eight games last year. He played 16 in 2019, but I know he was banged up a ton of those games. Yeah, um, but he just kept coming out. But I mean, yeah, like you said, when he's out there, you're getting five plus yards per carry. He's got decent hands. Uh, I mean. It's just when he's out there. So, yeah. And I mean, to your point, like, oh, well, you know, nobody, nobody realizes how old Raheem Mostert is. Well, because he was fucking nobody. He was fucking nobody until Kyle Shanahan dug his claws into him and said, listen, just stick to the system and you'll be okay. And that's why he jumped all the way from five running back 515 all the way to running back 86. 25 and 48 it's it it's the system it's the system people don't believe i know that like 99 percent of the time when people say it's the system it's junk just ignore them but in this case that shanahan system can turn bums into stars we've seen it over and over and over that's why i believe in trey sermon i don't think trey sermon's an exceptional athlete i i think he's pretty good but he's a perfect fit for what they do out there. That one cut and go, read your block, stay behind your blockers, be patient, cut and get up north. Perfect. That's all Trey Sermon can do, and that's all they ask him to do. And I think you're going to see a lot of efficiency out of him. I think he's going to win the job simply because he is younger and more agile than Raheem Mostert. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely strong possibility he can. I still like Raheem Mostert. I guess better than like Sturman for the season, but at the three round discount, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think that that three round discount separates how much further apart I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be close because San Fran likes that committee. They love that committee. And I think that Sermon is at the very least going to get on the field. He's going to get touches. It's just. Oh, with Jeff Wilson out, many. he's definitely going to be on the yeah, field. Yeah, he's definitely going to be on the field. They're both going to be on the field. And like I said, with yeah. most of it, He's probably gonna get hurt. He's just he's just so he struggled so much with injury, and he's getting older and mm-hmm. older. Like it, it, it's probably a matter of time before Sermon is the starter, whether it's by earning it or due to injury in front of him. And right now, a three round. I'm gonna tell you right now, Trey Sermon is not going in the tenth round in August. There's absolutely no chance. Oh, absolutely not. The hype train is gonna no grab chance. onto him with both hands. He's gonna he's gonna be going in like the sixth, seventh, yeah. sixth, I think. That's why I was saying he's going to crawl up. He's going to be going around the same point that Moser's going. So at that point, 
I'm probably going to still stick with Sermon, but and then hope that he gets the starting job earlier in the season than later, and because of health, because of age. But I definitely think he's crawling up past ten. If he's at ten, it's clear that that he's the pick there. But when he gets yeah. when he gets up there, I'm probably still going to make the right choice. But it's going to be a little harder depending on my roster makeup. And it's funny that the question came up today because I was actually talking to Eric earlier today about Trey Sermon. And I, obviously, I'm higher on Trey Sermon than everybody else in the world. Like, I think he's going to win that job outright. ECR has him at RB40. Like, I know I'm higher than everybody else. But when training camp starts and these reporters see them side by side and they start to see that Trey Sermon might be a little better than Raheem Mostert, Man, he might climb so fucking high, I won't even draft him. Like, the hype train is going to grab onto him and just sink their claws into him, man. They're going to carry him up so fucking high. I, I just, I really don't even, I really don't even know if I'm going to own him because it's just, I, I can already see the hype train getting out of control on Trey Sermon once training camp starts. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll go beyond the sixth round, but there's a chance. Yeah, I, I think that's the highest he'd climb. I, I, yeah, even, even I don't know, man. You might be more inclined to take him in the sixth, but I don't know if I would, dude. Me personally, but no, that'd be a struggle for me. But yeah. I, I, I probably would. But it, it, it's not a no-brainer like it is now. Yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah, the tenth round, it's like, dude, that, why not? Like, yeah, who else and, you taking? Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even if I hated his guts like I do with Michael Carr, I'd still take him. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on. Would you rather have – this is this is a doozy. Would you rather have Zach Moss or Devin Singletary? That, I, do you, I'm not even going to give the ADP. Just get, pick your fucking guy. Zach for me, Moss. I'm Both taking, of them are kind of gross. For me, I'm taking Zach Moss. He's a better talent, and he's going to win that job outright early this season. I don't it's even think a, it's a question of talent. There's about a two-and-a-half-round discount between the two of them. Moss yeah. going in the ninth. Devin Singletary's going in the uh, 11th. I'd rather take Moss and then take somebody in the 11th like Emmanuel Sanders. Agreed. Uh, no, I mean, I'll take Zach Moss because I feel like he could be a three-down back. They're, they're never, ever going to use him that way. I understand that. But if, let's say... Singletary were to get hurt, Zach Moss could be a league winner if Singletary like tears his ACL. Whereas if Zach Moss gets hurt, Singletary's just Singletary. You yeah, know? we already know what that is. We've already we've already had him by himself. So, you know, if I have to take one, I'm gonna take the guy with the most upside. And paying for him in the ninth round as, you know, my first bench player essentially. I'm fine with that. He can be he he's on the bench. I don't rely on him. I don't count on him to start. And if he turns into something, he turns into something. If not, whatever. He can sit there all fucking year, you know? Yeah. And I think he slides. I think he slides a little bit farther down than the ninth round. Oh, they've already started hyping him up. Yeah, he's sliding up a little bit, actually. Yeah. It depends where you look. Yeah. ESPN, Yahoo, Sleeper. They're all different. Um, I'm on the Zach Moss train too. Damn, we're all agreeing lately. Um, just because, like, I, I, I feel like it's his job to lose. Like, I, he's the better running back between him and Singletary. I, 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 
any one of them is going to get the red zone carries. It should be Moss. Like, I don't know. I liked Moss a lot last year. It didn't work out. And and I'm willing to buy in again, especially at this ninth round ADP. Eighth round me, yeah, I'd probably still buy into him. But if he gets ahead of that, nah, dude. I ain't <laughs> yeah. spending a seventh round or higher on him. No fucking way. Like, eighth round, I would think about it. It would really depend on my running back situation if I would even mm-hmm. take him there. But, yeah, I'm on the Zach Moss train. Even though Devin Singletary... Uh, vastly out-targeted him in the receiving game. It's I believe he was it was almost like twice as many. So it does kind of seem like they like Singletary in that role, even though he's really not the best patch catching running back. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm on Moss. I'm on Team Moss there too. That's about it, huh? Yeah. Yep. All right. So we're gonna move on to number fourteen. We got three more to go. Would you rather have Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy? Portland Sutton, ECR wide receiver, 29, ADP, 701, 73rd overall. Jerry Judy is ECR wide receiver, 38, but 710, 82nd overall is his ADP. Uh, They're going in the same round, nine picks apart. ECR has them nine wide receivers, uh, right? Yeah. Nine ranks in between, 29 to 38. Yeah, whatever. Brian, who would you rather have? Cortland Sutton, all day and night, not even fucking close. And I'm a Jerry Judy guy, but if there's no discount whatsoever, I'm taking Cortland Sutton, period. Same. I I would take Sutton. I would need like a, a two-round discount before I consider taking Judy. And I, I don't even need that much. I, I really believe in Judy, okay? But if one's going 7-1 and one's going 7-10, I can only have one, it's Cortland Sutton. And if Jerry Judy's going 8-10, maybe I start to look at Judy a little bit, because I believe in him. I like him. And I think he's going to improve a lot this year. But if it's a pick em, I'm picking the better one. It's, that's a no-brainer, you know? <laughs> but is is Cortland Sutton... How much better is Cortland Sutton than Jerry Judy, do you think? Is it substantial? In worlds, Are they close? In, 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 in terms of ceiling... I think they're pretty close. In terms of where they are right now, Kirtland Sutton is like 100 years above Jerry Judy. Yeah, I agree with you. Jerry Judy does still definitely have some room for growth. You know, he's not quite the best he can be, I think. And I think he's. And and Jerry Judy was a guy I wasn't really huge on. Like, I was like, yeah, he's got some. He has some nice tools, but. I'm like, he's got the potential, but there were other wide receivers last year coming out I like more than him. But he's somebody I'm kind of been keeping my eye on because I think he does have the potential to be a, a really good uh, really good wide receiver. And this team sucks. The situation's <laughs> horrible. The quarterback situation's terrible. They got Teddy Bridgewater and fucking Drew Locke. They're not getting Aaron Rodgers. That ship has sailed. He's coming. It's, no, it ain't. It's done. Uh, be patient. It. Be patient. Nope. Six feet under. They <laughs> dug that grave. It's sunk. <laughs> I, it, so it's going to be Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know which one you guys think it's going to be. I probably I, I think it's going to be fucking Drew Locke. I think so, so too. I think it's going to be Drew Locke. For that reason, I will side with Sutton as well. They had a little bit of time together. Uh, I know, obviously, Drew Locke played with Judy fucking last year, too. So that doesn't really make sense, but. I 
yeah, it's something because, like you said, he's a little more seasoned. He's the veteran, and there's really not much of a discount. I thought there was going to be more of a discount between these two. Yeah, me too. I, I'm surprised Judy's going that high. Yeah. But I'm telling you, like, you go to ESPN, it could be like Colton Sutton is like the six six oh four, and Judy would be like a ninth-round pick. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. ADP is pretty much useless right now. But. So, I mean, getting the ADPs off a of sleeper, most of the drafting going on right now is dynasty. So, you're probably going to see uh, a slightly elevated ADP for younger guys like Jerry Judy. Yeah. It, it'll shift. It, it it should start to shift in the next couple of weeks as more redraft stuff starts going on and, and less Dynasty. Yeah, but, I mean, Dynasty, like, I love grabbing guys like Jerry Judy and even Henry Ruggs, who absolutely fucked me last year because they're young and the ceiling is still there. The potential is still there. So I love grabbing those guys as bench players so I can wait and see what they become, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I think if Judy has a year with a good quarterback, next year I would have no problem taking him a lot higher because I think ultimately the, the talent is there. I am one of the guys that really believed in Judy last year coming out, and I do believe in his talent. I just think Cortland Sutton is more developed and Judy still is going to have Drew Locke throwing the ball to him. And I think Denver is somewhat of a dumpster fire. So, Eric, let me ask you, uh, where will you draft Jerry Judy after they trade for Aaron Rodgers? (coughs) (laughs) After they trade for Aaron Rodgers. He spit out his coffee. (laughs) Oh, no, that was beer. I swallowed it Uh. all, motherfucker. There's no spit. (laughs) Late fourth, early fifth. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm in kind of the same boat. Yeah. So. I, I wouldn't want to get too crazy and take him in like the third round. But I'm thinking like, yeah, mid, late fourth, early fifth. And Cortland Sutton would be around the same range, I'm going to guess. Ah, he might climb a little higher. A little higher. I, yeah. I would take yeah. Sutton in the fourth. I would, I would I would. Maybe, take maybe late third. Third. Yeah, I would take Judy. Judy. But Judy would I be would a late fourth, early fifth. I think I would probably wait for Judy, too, if if they had a big upgrade at quarterback. Yeah, but how often has Aaron Rodgers ever used a number two? We're getting way too sidetracked. Yeah, give us the next one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you rather have J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards? J.K. Dobbins is ECR running back number 18. He has an ADP of the 210, which is 22nd overall. And Gus Edwards, ECR running back number 47, ADP. He's going in the 1209, 12th round. 141st overall, over 100 picks between mm-hmm. the two. Right where he should be. Brian, <laughs> since I think you got something to say about this, who would you rather have? J.K. Dobbins, all day and fucking night. It's not even close. Gus Edwards, he's going to get the field. Don't get me wrong. He's going to see the field. Let's not pretend he has a substantial role. He doesn't. He fucking doesn't now, and he never will. Okay. It's just, like, people, they get a little too carried away with this. I get it. He's going to see the field. He's not a bad bench player, but last year he was running back 37. Why does that change? Somebody has to tell me why that changes. When J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins is far and away more talented than Gus Edwards. No, that's not even a debate. J.K. Dobbins is if it's straight up, it's J.K. Dobbins all day and night. But with with a ten round discount over a hundred picks, I like J.K. Dobbins. 
I don't like him enough to take him at the 210. There's much better prospects in that range. There's much better. I'd rather have Swift than Dobbins. And I get him almost a full round later. Not quite, but that's what separates it for me. It's like where Dobbins is going, I hate it. I don't like him at the 210. I, I thought he would be more of a third round guy, and he is a third round guy in some drafts I've done. Mm-hmm. But Mark Ingram's gone, but that helps them both. Because when Mark Ingram was gone, J.K. Dobbins was running back eight. Gus Edwards was running back twenty-four. So they you don't want to. So you don't want to draft a running back eight in the second round. I'm not. I'm not that bullish. They had a pretty soft schedule at the end. I won't even deny that, which you can use against both guys. Yeah, but he's going um, at the end of the second. I yeah. You're not drafting him at a ceiling. Season. For us, yeah, you kind of are. But I mean, so in the same soft schedule. Gus Edwards, weeks 9 through 17, scored double-digit points twice. What fucking good is Gus Edwards? Like, don't get me wrong. He's going to see the field. Like, I get it. He's he's a worst-case scenario plug-in. That's all he is to me. Like, J.K. Dobbins is a legit starter. He's going to finish top 24. So if I overdraft him, I overdraft him. But Gus Edwards is nothing. He's a guy that if I have to put into my starting lineup, I am kicking myself because I think I fucked up. You can if do Gus worse. Edwards is in my starting lineup, I fucked up. I'm going to lose that week. If you drafted J.K. Dobbins at the 210 and he finished 24th RB24, you'd be okay with that? No, I'm not saying I'd be okay with it, but I'd survive it. He's still a top 24 running back. What the fuck is Gus Edwards? Yeah, but you're not drafting Gus Edwards in the 12th round to be a top 24 running back. You're, you're no, drafting you're him to be the running no, back. No, so, but that's my point, though, is that you're drafting a guy in a round that doesn't fucking matter, and you're drafting a guy that doesn't fucking matter. So who cares if you have Gus Edwards? Like, would I rather draft? Would I rather have Gus Edwards in the twelfth or J.K. Dobbins in the second? I'd rather have J.K. Dobbins in the second because J.K. Dobbins is going to matter. I don't fucking care if I own Gus Edwards. If I don't own Gus Edwards, more power to me. Congratulations to me for not owning Gus Edwards. Yeah, see, I'm with Eric. I'm I'm gonna take somebody else at, in the second round at that spot than Dobbins. So I would I would have to lean Edwards just because I'm not taking Dobbins at in the second. Yeah, round. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd rather take Swift there and then take Edwards in the twelfth than Dobbins and the, some shit bum in the twelfth. Like I can't yeah. even think of a guy. But <laughs> and and that's that's really the only reason is just because I think Dobbins yeah. is too high. And it's, 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 and that's the only it, it's, I'm not trying to make the argument that Gus Edwards is better than J.K. Dobbins because that no. is not the, not the case. I love J.K. Dobbins. I just, I don't like him at the 210. I don't. Mm-hmm. He's going a little too high for me. There's other running backs in that range I like better. It's a little rich. Not much, mind you, but a little rich. But I think there's a better chance that J.K. Dobbins returns value at the 210 than Gus Edwards becomes anywhere near relevant in the 12th round. All right, so I think that's going to uh, wrap up our little Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins uh, debate, you can call that. Um, we've got one more to talk about here. We've hit the end of the road, baby. Brian and Steve, would you rather have... This one's kind of gross, too. Would you rather <laughs> have Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette? Ronald Jones is ECR running back 33, is an ADP of 711, 83rd overall. Leonard Fournette is ECR running back number 34. So they have back to back. Mm. But his ADP is a little higher. It's some of a, yeah, it's a full round. 609, 69th overall. On that reason alone, 69th overall pick, give me Lenny. 
<laughs> Brian, who, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, who would you go with? I'm sorry, I haven't interviewed first in a while. I would also take Leonard Fournette. Of the two, I think he's still a better talent. And ever since Ronald Jones got there, they've been trying to get rid of him. So, so I mean, Leonard Fournette is absolutely the better talent. But in the sixth round, I'm not buying either one of these guys. Gun to my head, I'm taking Leonard Fournette. But I'm in the same boat. Realistically, yeah. I'm not drafting either one of them at their current ADP. No, and I would either, but... Especially when I think Giovanni Bernard has a much bigger passing downs role than people who think they do, that he does. Yeah, he may. And it's just like like what you echoed, man. Like Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, like they're not somebody you're going to get a nice warm fuzzy in your stomach when you draft them. Like it, it, you're going to be like, ugh. Like it, your stomach's going to cramp. Like you got to take a shit. And, and <laughs> you're just not gonna, it's not going to feel good. When you, when you go to that sticker sheet and you grab Leonard Fournette and you peel that sticker back, dude, it's, you, you're just, you're going to hear every noise in your head. What are you doing, you fucking idiot? What a waste of a pick. You're a dumbass. <laughs> it's just not going to feel good. Whether you're clicking it on your computer screen or placing that sticker on the board. But I will take Leonard Fournette because I think he, between the two of them, I think he's going to have more, a more significant role. But how great is that role going to be? Probably not that great. Mm. All right, so that wraps up the Would You Rather segment. Brian and Steve, that was fun. I had fun doing that. I don't know about you guys. It was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. And uh, we're going to transition over. I'm going to hand the duties back over to Brian, and he's going to lead us <laughs> into the next segment. I, I, You know what? I just want to say I love the heated debates. You know, like this is what fantasy is all about. You know, we argue, we fight, we bitch, we cry. It's passion. That's what fantasy football is all about is the fucking passion. So, uh, you know, thank you guys for participating. And, and Eric, thank you for doing such a good job hosting the segment. And uh, that's going to bring us directly into our hype train. All aboard the hype train. You still didn't pitch it, boys? I <laughs> just thinking the same thing. <laughs> thanks for calling me out all right so number one and obviously the most irrelevant patriots qb cam newton views coming season as put up or shut up time eric well i wonder what gave it away dropping quarterback (laughs) in the first round uh being on a one-year deal uh your poor performance in 2019 i mean you get the list goes on like that that's just we all knew that dude you didn't have to say it cam it's okay like (laughs) When they took Mac Jones, we, we when you, when they take a quarterback in the first round, your time's usually ticking. Yeah, you know, you, you're on the clock. You, unless you're in Green Bay. You got a few years. <laughs> That's, uh, I thought last year was that for him. So, you know, uh, interesting little tidbit for people who don't pay attention. He recently posted on his Instagram this video of him driving to uh, Gillette Stadium and he's talking about how he's he's never been healthier. He's never felt better. Uh, you know, he can't wait to get to work and this and that. It turns out that he shot that video in September. <laughs> so he yeah. shot it before last year, came out in fucking blue, and then he saw it this year. And was like, oh, I should post that. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I, I thought he did the same thing last year. He had like all these workout videos. Oh, I'm I'm ready and this. With with all the COVID training and everything they like that, they keep doubting me. I'm coming back. <laughs> this is going to be my year, and and now we're doing it again. So, yeah, a little yeah. repetitive. I mean, if, if he keeps it up, at one point he's going to be right. 
if he keeps no, playing. No, he won't. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> well, he will the year he retires. I've got it together, guys. I'm going to do yeah. it this year. And then he's going to retire. But, yeah. <laughs> I'll applaud. I'll applaud. Moving on, we have a prediction from NFL Network. This is from NFL Network's Mike Ross, who is a scout, former scout. He says, quote, Chase will break out to be the offensive rookie of the year. He was the most talented wide receiver <laughs> that I scouted since Julio Jones and came out in 2011. Five first-round quarterbacks. Sorry. Continue. Uh, a lot of other great wide receivers, but he was right there at the top as far as the best guy I scouted. You always talk about practice reps with quarterbacks and wide receivers being on the same page. Well, these guys don't even have to practice together because they did it at the highest level. We know Joe Burrow won just about every award when he was coming out of LSU that year. So that synergy, I think that these two have will put them on the field right away to break out together. Eric, I'll lead with you since apparently you have some thoughts. Three wide receivers have won Offensive Rookie of the Year since the year 2000. Anquan Bolden in 2003, Percy Harvin in 2009, Odell Beckham in 2014. Wide receivers just don't win this fucking award, man. You got Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Mac Jones is probably going to get to be a starter at times. I just, no, no, Kyle Pitts, no. It's not going to be Chase, man. <laughs> when the season kicks off, he's going to have 20 months in between the last played football game. Receivers don't, like, hit the ground, typically don't hit the ground running in their first year in the league. Like, they, they there's a little bit of a, of a process where they kind of, they got to get going. They get to get their feet under them, and, and they kind of get worked into the offense usually. It seems like nowadays they are kind of throwing them out there a little more. Like, they're not, like, babying them as much. But how many of them reunite with their college quarterback, though? That is huge. That is huge. I don't deny it. That is huge. That is huge. But I I think there's a lot of buzz coming around with Joe Mixon. They want to feed him, feed him like Zeke. Have at it. I mean, T. Higgins is still there. Tyler Boyd is still there. If Jamar Chase was the only guy on his fucking team, see it as a more likely outcome. But with, with, with five quarterbacks, dude, like, it's not going to happen. It's not. So they I mean, always for, for, cater to the quarterback, man. No, they of always course, do. of course, of course. So well, for a moment, let's ignore the rookie of the year part of it, which, I, to be honest, I didn't really pay any lick of attention to until you pointed it out. I'm thinking more along the lines of: Does Chase have the most ceiling out of any rookie wide receiver? Yes, Steven? he does. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think that there's not. I, I don't even think that that's close. No, I don't either. I like Smith too, but but no, it, it's it's Chase. Well, so that's kind of my point though, is that he's on a team, and like you pointed out, Eric, there are more mouths to feed in Cincinnati than on other teams. But it is is Chase that much better than the other wide receivers in this draft class? Yes, he was in a tear by himself. Yeah, I I think the offense is better in Cincinnati than Miami. I think the offense is better in Cincinnati than Philadelphia. And I think it's better as far as for wide receivers than it is in Baltimore. So, I mean, that takes Bateman out, Waddle, and, and Smith. So, And this just hit me, too. What's going to be very dependent on how well Chase does? Joe Burrow. What is Joe Burrow coming off of? Major fucking knee surgery. That motherfucker tore almost every damn part of his knee. His mm -hmm. ACL, his MCL, his meniscus, and his PCL. 
Dude, that is major knee surgery. We don't know. We don't know what the fuck he's gonna look like. Yeah, but I, it was I, earlier in the season. Yeah, you know, at the end of the nah, season, I'd that's be more major, concerned. dude. It's not just an ACL. No, it's, it's, it's not major, just an ACL. It's a major, it's surgery. major, it's a major knee tear. surgery. Yeah, it's a major tear. But it was. He's also young, and I think level. that he comes back from it. Yeah, I don't think it was that early in the season. It was like halfway. It was part ways. Yeah, it was like yeah. Week it's not like it was week two. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned. I'm a little concerned about that knee injury too. Oh, like, you're, who, you're who, right to it's going to be Ryan Finley. <laughs> yeah, week week uh, week eleven is when he got hurt. Yeah, that's oh, not early. Is that dude. late? That's not yeah. early. Wow. Week eleven. He'll be back. He expects to be back for the start of the season. I don't think he'll be doing much in preseason. I'm almost positive field, I but I read he has to wear that brace for life. Yeah. While he's playing. Yeah. Or oh, Tom Brady still does. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say does. there's a there's a few quarterbacks yeah. that do, and they're they're perfectly fine. It's yeah, gonna limit sure his mobility, but at least with, with scrambling and, and trying to slide and everything, that'll take him some getting used to. We we saw Brady with a few uh entertaining slides when he first <laughs> got the brace. But yeah, yeah he's digging up the earth. Yeah, yeah. Chase ain't winning offensive rookie of the year, and this is just simply the opinion of a former scout who probably lost his fucking job. Twice a former scout. Oh well, no, no! Come on, how would he be a former <laughs> scout if he lost his job? Yeah. That's true. Because so, he sucks. <laughs> so let's move on to our last piece of news tonight. The last headline: Matt Nahe wants twenty carries per game for David Montgomery. It might uh, happen. St- Steve, I'll let you lead this one. It might happen. Fuck Matt Nagy. Um, <laughs> I I hope so. I hope he does. I would love to see that for uh, Montgomery. And if they can give him 20 carries, that means that uh, they're not throwing the ball those 20 times. And that means I'm probably going to be right about Justin Fields. So let's go for it. Run it 30 times. I don't know I about Montgomery that. Can yeah. Selfish motherfucker. <laughs> Hey, I'm selfish because I have Montgomery in a lot of places, and I really want him to have a great year. So, 20, I think, is is a perfect number, and he'd get a little bit of passing down work. That would be fantastic. Well, I mean, if Matt Nagy had a fucking brain, he'd have done it already. I mean, Dave Montgomery had four four games last year with 20 carries or more. Mm -hmm. Like... Your quarterback blows. You don't have a wide receiver outside Allen Robinson, and you're just now figuring out you should give the ball to your talented running back. <laughs> like, Matt Nagy should have been fired last fucking week. That, that blows my fucking mind. He sucks. Uh, Eric, go ahead, buddy. No, um, I'd like to see it. Yeah, I'd show like me. to see it. And then you had that recent, uh, that little... Um, we could tie this headline in with this one as well about Tariq Cohen, that his knee is, he's having some trouble, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. He's not quite getting up to speed and it's not feeling right. So that's big for Montgomery. And I'm going to tell you one thing I've noticed the fantasy analyst community, as I would, if that's what you would like to call it, what we are in, they were very, they were down on Montgomery, but I think they're starting to come around and I see him. He's starting to climb up guys' rankings. I think they're kind of starting to realize like, yeah, maybe we had him too low, like. (laughs) <laughs> 23 24 maybe with disrespect being way too disrespectful which you are i i currently have him at 19 i think i have him at like 16 or 17 i think i have him right behind dobbins at 17 you do have him at 17 yes 
on a on a side note with the Koa news, uh, Khalil Herbert might be a sneaky pickup in places if Cohen doesn't make it back till midseason. I don't know. I mean, does does Khalil Herbert have any receiving upside? I think he's a rusher, really, more than anything else. So, like, like ten, yeah, I, ten catches for one hundred seventy nine yards. So if Cohen misses time, then it it's probably it's Dave Montgomery. And Damian Williams Damian putting Williams. receiving yeah. work. Yeah. And I think there's a chance that uh, Khalil Herbert could get some rushing work, but I don't think it's going to amount to much. Just my opinion. But yeah, No, no, I, I'm not saying pick him up because he's going to be the starter by the end of the season. I'm just saying, like, in, in Dynasty, if you don't own him, he might be worth a sneaky grab just to see how that situation develops. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much going to wrap up the episode. Uh, Steve, any parting, uh, any parting words for our listeners? Mock. 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 Get your mock on. Like Eric said a couple weeks ago, you can do it on the toilet. So there's no excuse why you shouldn't get at least, at least two mocks a day, if not three. I go to the mock, I I, I go to the toilet five times a day when I'm at work. Well, that's normal. Get those mocks in. I mean, you gotta get the mocks. <laughs> Eric, any parting words? Mock till you drop, baby. Ain't Mock till you motherfucking drop. Um, <laughs> no, I'm excited, man. Training camps are going to start for a couple teams next week. We're itching close, baby. Cowboys and Steelers, I believe, next Friday will have their first training camp practice. Oh, well, we're Getting stoked. Close. Well, you know what? The Hall of Fame game will be in a couple weeks. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the preseason because. That's when I'm gonna really get a gauge on some of these guys. Like I have these guys rank. Like I'm gonna rank them where I rank them. But like preseason and seeing how they use them could change my ranking. I could move a guy up. Could move a guy down. You know. So. Oh my god, it's constant shift during training camp. Yeah, yeah. guys go up, go down. It's yeah. Yeah, maybe Chase comes out and just kills it, and I'm like, oh man, maybe I am being disrespectful to my boy. Maybe I need to put some respect on that name. You know. Hey, so I know we're doing the outro, but let me ask you guys one more question. So. We talked about Jamar Chase being the number one wide receiver rookie. Who would you rather have, Jamar Chase or Elijah Moore? For the dra- for redraft? Yeah. Elijah Moore. Really? Yeah. He's got he's, he's like five fucking round discount. Well, I don't know you're, how you're, much you're of own, it. Your own your personal rankings, no EDP. For just the season? Yeah. Might be crazy if I still say Elijah Moore. I'm not sure how crazy you would be. That's why I ask. I think I would go with Elijah Moore. Not for like, just for the seat, for, for the 2021, 2022 season. Yeah, no, redraft. One yeah, season. I would go Elijah Moore. I think I would go Chase, but it would be very close. I like it. I like it. So this is for the listeners that listen to the outro. This is your special little tidbit. Congratulations. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us with a question, you can leave us a voicemail at 508-343-8010. It will not ring. It will straight to voicemail. You can also write your questions to dddfantasyfootball at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, if you leave us a question and share a social media post, you are automatically entered to win the prize of the month, boys. So. Right now, we are giving away a full-sized replica Eclipse Aaron Jones helmet autographed with the Beckett COA. You're welcome. 
The thing's ugly at Brian's house. It needs a new home. Oh, it absolutely needs a new home. Oh, my God. I moved into the new house today, and I'm just sitting there watching it sit on top of my other helmets. I'm like, Jesus, I have to get rid of this thing. Uh, you know, it's on top of my Brian Dawkins, my Luke Keekley, my Ty Law. And I'm like, this guy's not even a Hall of Famer yet. So I have to get rid of him. I can't wait. Hopefully one of you guys wins it. Right now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little disappointed with the entries. So please reach out, share the social media posts. You guys have to get on it. I don't want this fucking helmet. You guys have to win it. Send us a question. Share a social media post. It's that fucking easy. It could not possibly be any simpler. If you have a league, a mock, a draft, a trade, you would like to be judged. You can send us an email with screenshots or pictures to dddfantasyfootballjudge at gmail.com. We'll make a special episode just for you and your friends, just for you and your league mates. We're going to rip your teams to pieces. I'm not going to lie to you. We are not kind. We're assholes. So we're going to give it all we got. You guys listen to it. You can laugh. You can cry. Whatever. And if you do that, you're also automatically entered to win the Aaron Jones helmet, as well as joining our Patreon at the $5 tier. If you want to know anything else about the podcast, you can go to our website at daydreamingdegenerates.com. You can view our rankings, and you can find the portal to send us emails and reach out to us with judgments. So we look forward to hearing from you guys. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Obviously, we really appreciate it. We always have. We always will. We would not do this show if it wasn't for you listeners. Our base is growing. We're getting more and more listeners by the day. So thank you to all you new listeners who are joining in. And uh, hopefully you guys like us. Stick around. Don't forget to send us questions. We love doing mailbag segments. So anytime, anywhere, send us an email or a voicemail. And we'll be sure to reach out to you.